Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello and welcome back to the second hour of Old School here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com Old School, brought to you by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Go out there, get yourself some delicious cuts of meat, some delicious desserts, some delicious pastas, and, and, and really whatever you need regarding food, I'm sure the Mercado can hook you up. The Mercado by Certified Piedmontese sponsors Old School. Also, if you want to get in contact with us, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. Don't be afraid to text in. You can't call in because we have a guest on the line, but don't be afraid to text in right now uh, with any questions that you might have. Also, join us Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream. But without further ado, I have to I have to do something that, that if DP was here, he would tell me to hit that man's music the autumn wind is a pirate blustering in from sea with a rollicking song he sweeps along swaggering boisterously his face is weather beaten he wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache he growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. gotta let it breathe you just gotta let the drums go a little bit let it breathe especially with this music we are joined on the honda of lincoln hotline by the one the only barry thompson fairfax football academy barry how are you good sir I'm good and getting better. You give me an intro like that, I keep looking over my shoulder and say, who's he, who's, who are they talking about? How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. It's been a while since I've since I've been able to talk to you. You know, they switched up the schedules. I'm not with uh, I'm not with DP and J anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of changes that station going on. That's uh, I guess that's what growth does. So uh, you guys are doing a great job in the market, and I'm listening to all the different commercials and everything else so congratulations to everybody who's putting in the effort to make that thing go we are doing everything that we can to to grow and 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 get better day by day uh speaking of getting better day by day before we get into any husker talk i want to ask you about your uh one win raiders they finally got a win under their belt over the uh much much dis dis mm, unliked denver broncos i guess we'll go with that yeah you got entirely right yeah it was a win and uh uh I, just to make clear, I, I'm a Raiders fan, but I'm not 
like I don't pay attention to the draft, you know, who's drafting, and I don't really care who's coaching. It's just that my Raiders, when they're playing, I'm rooting for them to win, and uh, I'm in there, and I'm probably – that's one part of me. And the other part, I'm probably the worst Raider fan because if they win, like they did, they're going to the Super Bowl. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of how I did it. Yeah, and it was great to see them beat Denver. Um, you know, just general football talk. You know, the AFC West, everybody was talking about how tough it was. It was a week – not last week, but two weeks ago, they all got blanked. I think everybody in the conference lost. And then now they come back and have that. And I think Kansas City's coming up soon. So it's a, a fun time for on Sundays to catch some planes. It's a blast. The NFL is, is certainly weird to watch nowadays. But let's move on to the Huskers heading out to New Jersey out on the East Coast. Uh, DP's headed out there. I'm sure uh, if he has time, if he's out there for an extended period of time, I'm sure he'll he'll see if he can make time to, to make his way down to you, I'm sure. But, uh, well, he's, got, he's, he's actually going to fly over, so I'll wave to him in the sky. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I don't knock, knock you off your point, but my brother, uh, hopefully DC and my brother hook up. My brother's in town. Uh, I know the Huskers are playing Friday night, uh, but Georgetown and Rutgers have a fall baseball game. So hopefully those two can connect. Mm, that'd be really nice. Um, but mm-hmm. but so you're obviously you're, – you're a coach. You're a quarterback's coach. And this last game against Indiana, there was a moment in the game that, that had a lot of Husker fans scratching their heads and, and, and questioning the coaching decisions that were being made when – Casey Thompson took an ill-advised sack on a third down. He was taken out of the game for the next drive uh, where the Huskers were pinned inside their own five, and Chubba Purdy was taking the snaps, ended up taking a sack for a, for a, a sack fumble for a touchdown for Indiana. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed to or, or wanted to pull your quarterback just to kind of get them – back on the same page as you or just to, to have them look at the game from the sideline from a different perspective because maybe things weren't going the, the way that you thought they should be going with him? Right. That's a very old school uh, thing to do. It used to be very common. Uh, it, it, you know, to listeners that are old enough, it used to be very common no matter who the guy was, you know, if he really wasn't going and, you know, maybe a coach would pull him out and get another guy even though they pulled him out as your starter, things started going. They'd let the second-string guy go. Uh, then that got reduced down to kind of what you witnessed uh, last weekend, which is, uh, hey, let's pull you out. There's some stuff that you're missing. We've been talking about it. I need to talk to you maybe during an offensive possession, and, and you're going back in and getting this thing right. Um, a little old school, but nothing. there's nothing wrong with old school as long as the players understand, you know, what it is. Um you know, nowadays the players, you 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 have a chance to talk to them through all the the replays that they have available to them on the sideline. You would think that in most cases you can kind of get that done. I assume that was being done, and then here it was, maybe making some obvious mistake or not seeing a particular coverage or front or protection a certain way. At any rate, um, it worked out, didn't it? It did. It worked out very well. Yeah, Casey okay. Thompson came back in, and they, he, he played a fantastic game. So I, I would right. say that it worked out very well. And Casey, even after yeah. the game uh, at the postgame presser and, and the following uh, press conference that they had on Monday, I believe, was saying how he he likes being coached hard. And although he didn't like being taken out of the game, he understood it and respected it, and he, he got himself right back in the game. And, and both Mark Whipple and uh, 
and uh, Mickey Joseph both understood and, and were on the same pages as Casey Thompson, and they, they respected and, and knew that he knew uh, that they wanted the best for him. Yeah, and the key in listening to that, what you were kind of uh, summarizing, as I was listening hard, that he said he understood. That That's the key, right, so that it's explained ahead of time and it's understood that this is why this is being done. And even if the player doesn't fully agree with it, at least he understands, you know, what's going on. I, I've I've worked with um, coaches who have told me in advance that they they said they would come to me and say, "Hey, sometimes I'm going to yell at the quarterback." And I said, "When I yell at the quarterback, I need you to back me up." Now, I said, "Okay," because I'm working for a head coach, and this may be a little subversive, but I said, "Okay, well, the first time you need to do that, let me do it." Now, you know, knowing my guys, I didn't think that was the right tactic. So I actually told them, I said, there's going to come a point in the game where I'm going to look like I'm yelling at you and understand the reason I'm yelling at you is because I want to get the attention of the other players on the team, right? So as long as it's understood, then the player doesn't necessarily agree with it. Um, In this case, it sounds like he did. But the understanding part is really big in any aspect of coaching. Uh, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, no, that's no, great. That that makes sense. Yeah, it makes it makes perfect yeah. sense. And and um, I, I guess I, I kind of wanted to d- dig deeper on the coaching aspect of things. We're four or five weeks into the Mickey Joseph interim era at Nebraska. We're, we're three weeks into the Bill Bush defensive coordinator, uh, interim defensive coordinator era at Nebraska. And there was such a stark difference in the way that this Husker team played uh, from the week of Oklahoma through the bye week to the week of Indiana that I, I'm not sure. I, I've never been in the position of a coach. I'm not sure how – how much of a difference a coaching staff can make mentally uh, on on a team that they can play at such a different level from week to from from one week to the next? Well, understand the jumping off point with this squad. You guys know the numbers. How many? What what was the record in one score games? Uh, roughly, was, just give me a number. It's just I, I won't hold you to it, but roughly, what was it? Uh, probably like zero and or. or one in ten, something like that. Yeah, was it in the twenties even? Uh, it, might, it might have. It might it's have double, been it, it, just through all the years. Digits. Yeah, we can agree it's double digits. Yeah, so it's like one and double digits, one score games. Okay, that one score. So even despite the dysfunction, this group of guys, this program as it was constructed, was able to get them in what I call fifty-fifty games, a volume of them, not just one or two but a volume of one-score games. They just weren't coming out. So that's a pretty good leaping-off point to get things corrected. Now, typically when you come into a situation like that, there are a couple things that you want to do. One, you want to get rid of anybody who's not with the program. Like, you want to do that right away, right, because it's just the easiest thing to do. It sends a message, and this is what we're doing. The second thing that you want to do is you want to you want to simplify everything for the players. You want to reduce the amount of if then scenarios for the players. Those two things uh, coming in, demonstrating one way or the other that you have the authority to coach this group, and then get getting rid of anybody who's not with it, player, coach, assistant, secretary doesn't matter. Getting them out, and then 
reducing the if-then scenarios for the players, you're going to see improved play. Uh, the players aren't confused. They're not worried about making mistakes. They're ready to go out and play, and everything is clear for them, right? And that's the classic, hey, we can get them playing faster type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that those it's a, it, All this stuff sounds really simple when I'm talking on the radio, <laughs> but understand it, it, it is difficult to get done. And so what those guys have done in a short period of time, those are some a remarkable set of coaches that have gone in at least for – you know, one week, gotten things back in the bag, and 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 there are signs of light that it's heading in the right direction. We're speaking with Barry Thompson for FX Football Academy, and you mentioned something during that during that answer that that kind of took me back to two instances really, and that was you said that you know slowing things down and, and getting back to the basics where. Bill Bush said that, you know, they're, they're kind of stripping the defense down and they were getting back to the basics and they were starting with just lining up correctly, just making sure that before the ball is snapped for the opposing team on offense, that everybody on the defense is lined up in, in the right spots. And also that uh, Adam Carricker was on with, with uh, Vershawn earlier this week and said something to the tune of um, it seemed like the defense wasn't thinking as much and they were just going out and being athletes. Right. It, well, defense, there's a saying that, that offensive players are built from the feet up and defensive players are built from the eyes down. So all defenses, their intentions are to whatever whatever alignment, court, you know, whatever, 5 2 five, three, five, five, tight, over front, under front, bare, TNT, you know, whatever you want to call it, the, the base intention is to be gap sound meaning that all the run gaps that are available are to be covered, whether you're a one-gap player or two-gap, but they're all accounted for, right? And then after that, then you build your, your coverage or tying in your coverage to what's being played in front. So the lining up part, that's what that is. Against formations, how do we want to line up? Um, and then after that, each player defensively has to know exactly where his eyes need to be. And they have to have the discipline and they have to have the trust that that key is going to take them to the right spot. Right. So defensive players are built from the eyes down because once you get them lined up and you'll watch this, you saw some of it against Indiana. If you go back and watch it, especially the guys at linebacker and they'll have calm feet, the ball snap and their feet are moving in a very purposeful manner. And what that is, is their eyes are taken in the key and then boom, you see a reaction. Right, mm-hmm. and when you get eleven guys that are doing their one eleventh like that, everybody always seems like they're in the right spot because the coaching staff has said to tape and say, "Hey, this want to play in this down distance, this formation." They take care of the calls. You go out and play the defense. Okay, okay, that 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 makes sense. That makes sense. So, kind of building on that is. You know, getting people lined up, making sure everybody's in the right spot. The defense. You know, one of the major changes that was made was taking out a, a, a high-level transfer corner and inserting a, a true freshman, uh, his first game action at Nebraska, a night game against a team, you know, for his, his interim head coach's second game ever. Uh, what what would you, as a coach, say to, to a Malcolm Hartzog, a true freshman going into his first game in, in such a uh, kind of pressure-packed situation? Well... If they remove this high-level transfer and they put the freshman in, that kind of 
goes to – well, let me answer the question. I always tell him go play. <laughs> go play. <laughs> because if I'm, if I'm going to put him in, you know, I'm not putting him in for an experimental purposes. He's shown me something, and I'm confident that he can go out and perform if I'm putting him in. This isn't a scrimmage, right? This isn't right. This isn't some feeder league into the Big Ten. This is the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting him out in the field unless I'm confident he can do the job. He's demonstrated to me and multiple practices that he knows what he's doing. He can make the plays. Um, you know, whatever I need to see in practice, I've seen it. So what would I say to him? I would say, go play. Now, that's another thing I was talking about earlier. When you come into a situation like that, there are people who, when things change, they're not going to be with it one way or the other. And the sooner you can get rid of those people, get them out of the way, the better off that you are. Um, and, and I don't mean that in a bad sense, right? Like, I don't know this high-level transfer. But, you know, there might have been stuff that he was missing. Maybe, they, you know, I, I, I can't speculate. All that I know, when you make a switch like that, a less experienced guy versus an experienced guy, the, the inexperienced guy is, is more with whatever they want to do than the other guy. Got me? Yeah. And so the quicker you make those changes, the better off you are. And, and, and you will be surprised when you start playing enough, especially as a team, and you go back and look at the team, there are a lot of pieces that don't make sense. You know, there, there are a lot of pieces that don't make sense, but you've got a collection of guys that are doing what needs to be done. And, and um, a word that some coaches use, they don't use a lot, but, but this word of alignment, right, that everything in the program, from the janitor through the third-string long snapper, that everybody is grabbing the rope at the same time and pulling it in the same direction. That's what's really important to getting teams to – to go out and play and maximize what they're, what they're capable of doing. Uh, Barry, hey, this is J4, man. I just popped hey, in. Hey, Jay, Jay, I've been how you doing? fighting traffic for whatever reason. They, everybody on uh, one of the roads to get me, and it usually takes me six minutes, but it took me 17. But uh, I know you were talking about Casey in the, in the quick pull, and yeah. uh, I want to get – here's my view on it. You know, everybody's been – I've been yanked before. Um, yeah. And I've coached. And I think sometimes – you know, there's never a right time to yank somebody, right? You know, it's just like mm-hmm. when you feel it. Right. I think the only problem I had with it, and and I think sometimes you do it early to kind of wake them up a little bit, right? But I think the only problem mm-hmm. I had with it was is the drop back pass dead deep in your end zone. You run it twice and mm-hmm. drop back on third down. If I'm a defensive coordinator, if you if if you ran it twice, I okay. I if you run it a third time, I think I'm gonna get off the field. But right. I'm blitzing you. And I'm gonna make sure yeah. I hit you, and then obviously you saw what happened. I think more or less the call there, and and you know at the end of the day, you know you tell your quarterbacks they need to keep a hold of the ball. So ultimately, yeah. you know, it was this, that last play was probably the only thing that probably um, I would be somewhat critical of. But um, yeah, you know what, Jay, I, I agree with you. And I, if you heard me saying that, that that pulling people is kind of a, like from the quarterback position, right? Not other positions. You know, the quarterback position kind of went off its own island as far as people coming in and out of the game. Sure. Um, the other positions that Jay's kind of alluding to, that you get yanked all the time. Like, no, you're not <laughs> yeah, in the rotation, you know. Trust like, me, all, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I ain't never forget, though, either, man. I, re- I know every coach that pulled me, too. Every time I see yes, Coach Samuel, <laughs> I saw Coach Samuel Oklahoma week, I reminded him, man. I said, man, this is here, man. You remember when you took me out against Texas? 
they gave up that big run, man. You know what? Hey, they didn't score while we was while the while the homeboys were in there. Absolutely. Look, I'm gonna tell you a funny story about coaches. But anyway, but from the quarterback perspective, you know, Jay, that kind of that that's kind of disappeared. Yeah. Right? Like nobody, nobody. So that was kind of new. Now, what I want to know from is I need to see the all 22 of those particular play, and and to me the reason that you would yank him on that thing, there's something that he was told about that call, that situation, right? something, right? And it, and it wasn't executed. Yeah. I, it I wasn't think, executed. I yeah. think, uh, you know, from watching from up top, you know, the play that they hit in the fourth quarter, the, I guess the skinny post, you know, that was open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, on in 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 that series, and or at least in that yeah. last particular play, um, yeah. but also you have to have a sense of reality of, um, and this is why I have another question for you. But the sense of reality is, the pocket at times is not as clean, as, like the play call can be good, right? Right. And talk about right. this: the play right. call could be good, but right. you're you're watching down the field as a coordinator, right? Because you see right. the ball snap, right. you're looking. You're you're looking for a safety or whatever you're reading. If you're reading yeah. the linebacker safety yeah. or whatever it is, you're looking at that. Yeah. But you ain't yeah. looking at that line because right. that, that line ain't that, that them passing lanes ain't clean. Right. So so that one, changes your that changes the way you speed up and what you decide to do in a pressure situation. Yeah. And let me tell you what what experienced quarterbacks will do with their protection. It's when they when and this is why. From a quarterback perspective, really knowing your protection inside and out is really important because of the situation you're striving. Let's say that I have a two-jet or a three-jet protection. Um, uh, I'm, I'm getting a football like Let's see. There's only a couple different protection teams, say five-band schemes. So for everybody at the, just in case there's somebody who doesn't know, uh, you have five linemen. So you can take three of your linemen. Let's look at your – everybody's a quarterback position, lines in front of you. So you have the center, the left tackle, and the left guard. Those three can slide to the left and essentially protect in a zone situation. Your right guard and your right tackle can take on a man basis the people that are in front of them. And then the back who's back there will also work toward that right guard, right tackle side. So now you have a six-man protection. So kind of a zone or half, which referred to as a half slide on the left, and kind of man on the right. And I'm describing this for you because this is what good quarterbacks will do sometimes to buy time. Right. So you're quarterback, and when you drop back, you're supposed to do what's called anchoring your drop. There's a mythical line that runs through the center's crotch and the quarterback's crotch, and that's where you're supposed to function. Right. But if I'm a quarterback and I want to buy a little bit extra time, what I'll do as after I drop back or hit my last step, I'm going to take a couple a little steps toward the zone side of that protection. Why? Because if anybody's going to get beaten in protection, it's most likely the one-on-one side. Right. And if I just take a couple steps away from them, I increase the distance that that defender has to go to get me. That buys me the time and I can get the ball off. Mm. Right? And you and when you watch on Sundays, uh, Josh Allen's famous for Josh Allen Every time that he wants to throw an over route, if you were to watch, get a 22 of him, you'll see him drop back, and he will take two little bitty steps to the the zone or slide side of his protection to buy him the time to get the over off. Um, so that's something that he 
that can come. I'm sure Coach Whipple's talked to him about it. Um, but that's kind of how these quarterbacks do that. It's stuff that you wouldn't normally see, uh, but it's stuff that they do, and they buy a little extra time, and they, they get there in a little extra room. Now, the, the other thing, Jake, to your point, is when you slide to the zone side or the slide side, you don't have you may not have as clear lanes yeah. as you would, right? So there's, you know, there's you give it and take it away, but but that's the way around that. And pass um, pass protection overall has been better, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it has. has it, it has, has. It's yeah. significantly yeah. better. That's that's the reason um, we bring you on here is for some knowledge it, like that. Yeah, that was that was a big time. I wish yeah. I knew that when I was playing because I would have maybe got me a few more. <laughs> But so we're gonna so, we're gonna head to a break. Okay. On the other side of the break, mm-hmm. hopefully, I mean you're gonna stick around with us. Uh, we'll get some yeah. more of that amazing quarterbacking knowledge that you have. Uh, <laughs> listening to Old School on ninety three seven, the ticket. Watch Old School live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on ninety three seven, the ticket and the ticketfm.com.